Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner, and we got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. You can watch good things, too. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com, and you'll meet Miss Tanisha Bankston. She is the author of My Pain is My Power, and she's using her story to inspire us all. So welcome, Tanisha. Well, thank you. Thank you. Now, you're in Oxford, correct? Or Starkville? Yes, Where are you? I'm in Oxford. <laughs> okay, I thought I got it right. Uh, and, and how's the weather there today? Is it as chilly as it is here in central Mississippi? Yes, it is. It is chillier. All right. Well, we're going to warm some people up with a good story. So I love your book, My Pain is My Power. You're using your own story to help inspire people to live uh, with faith instead of fear. So when you start to sort of share your story, where do you like to start? I like to start from the beginning. Okay, let's start there. Okay, I always like to start by introducing myself and letting everybody know who I am and well, you can do that. You go okay. right ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay. My name is Tanisha Bankston. I'm from Grenada, Mississippi. I'm a mother of three children, and I'm a survivor of rape, incest, molestation, childhood sexual abuse, bullying, teen mom, and domestic violence. And I'm definitely an overcomer and a child of God. Well, that is a lot. And I'm an advocate for domestic violence. I'm an advocate for domestic violence and incest as well. Well, I love that you have the courage to share your story because obviously it's a tough one to get out in the open. But there's a lot of people who suffer in silence and in the darkness that comes with the, the things that you have experienced. So I know this happened when you were such a young girl. When did you gain the courage or just decide, you know what, I'm going to speak my truth and I'm going to step out and share at least your story. It took me 27 years because when I did speak out at the age of five years old, some people didn't believe me and I was called a liar. So I, my voice muted for from the age of five to 32 years old. And so I broke the silence when I was 32 years old. And you chose to do that through the medium of writing your book, My Pain is My Power. 
What kind of work did you have to do internally, Tanisha, to be able to transform the horrific, unimaginable things that happened to you into this source of strength and sort of grit to be an advocate for those who may be suffering through the same things you did? I started receiving therapy. Therapy started helping. And I started writing. Writing is also another way of my coping mechanism and the way that I was able to cope with a lot of things. So therapy and writing and talking and seeing a doctor. All important things. And I think the one thing would just be starting to talk about it and not be ashamed. I think you mentioned that, you know, your voice was taken from you. Obviously, at five years old, if someone doesn't believe you, there's not a whole lot you can do in terms of be your own advocate. But what do you share to maybe other survivors? At what point should they use their voice? If not everybody's going to want to write a book or necessarily, but what is sort of your encouragement to those that have, have sort of walked your path? I say, I always tell people, you know, don't stop until you keep talking until somebody believes you. Keep talking until you get your voice heard. No, it's not easy. It's not easy to just walk up to somebody and talk about it. But get the the professional help. Get the help. Like you just said, talk about it. I say, talk about it because holding it in, it only hurts you. And it only just creates and sets up so many strongholds and so so many different things. So find somebody you can trust, talk about it, whether it's a teacher, friend, doctor, or somebody you can trust that you can tell and talk about it. You've also got a lot of parents and grandparents listening to Good Things Today, Tanisha, and I know that in your story, it was a family friend that at least triggered some of the horrific things that happened to you. What, what are some of the warning signs? What are some of those telltale signs that you would want families to be aware of with their own maybe inner circle? I would say pay attention to your child. Like if your child is being playful and you know your child is playful and they come back around you sad or their mood has changed, pay attention to the body language and just listen to them. If they come tagging on you and telling you that something is wrong, listen to your child and pay attention like i said to them the behaviors and the way they're they're acting like if their mood change and if their behavior change um see what's going on because that change wasn't just for no reason and then too, giving them the benefit of doubt right like their your kids just want someone right. to feel seen and feel heard and even though you think someone may not be capable of something don't hold it out of the realm of possibility um, for for your parents. I think, you know, time and time again, as you hear these hard stories, that's a good thing you can take away from it to help prevent. If you can't prevent the act, then you can at least prevent another 27 or 32 years of someone uh, suffering. Now, Tanisha, you're a fighter. Like, you definitely are an overcomer in all that you have. And there's those that are listening that may not necessarily have walked the same path in terms of traumatic events, but there have been trauma in their lives of lots of different kinds and maybe they're still been struggling with it for decade two decades now what do you say to those that there's still a chance to maybe wrestle with the feelings or you know still do the work and there can still be light at the end of the tunnel after so after so long i would say i will let them know you know you're not alone and that there is hope 
and that you're a survivor and that you can get through this. Don't give up. Reach out to resources like therapy, join private support groups, and just continue. Don't stop. Don't until, stop. Until, you know, you're where, don't stop at all. Just continue, you know, your journey because it's definitely a process and your healing journey will begin if it hasn't. I appreciate you bringing up therapy at least twice now, Tanisha, because I feel like a lot of folks think, well, that's just not going to help me. That's just not, you know, I'm glad it helped for her. I'm glad it helps other people. But I don't want to share those intimate details of my, you know, most harmful parts of my past with some stranger. What would you say to that, too, to encourage folks? I would say, you know, therapy is not for everybody. Like if you have a close friend or best friend or somebody that you can talk to, your parent or somebody, talk to them. Also, it's therapeutic by writing it down on a piece of paper, writing it down and keeping it in your safe space. And, you know, it's taking one step at a time because therapy is not for everybody. You have to do what's best for you. And you said writing was what's best was what was best for you, Miss Denisha. And so you did that with your book, My Pain is My Power. Where can we get your book? It can be found on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, as well as my website, www.mypainismypower.com. Now, after all this time and being a mom of, you mentioned three, how old are your children? Yes. My oldest is 20. She's a sophomore at Ole Miss. And my son is 17. And I have a baby girl. She's five. Oh, you're like me. You had an oops. Or how do we put it? A delayed blessing. Is that how we, is that how we sort of yes. say, sometimes yes. say it? What, what do you instill in them, particularly, you know, the young 20-year-old that's off at college now? Uh, well, too, and the 17-year-old. Um, what are some of those things that you've instilled in them to be a fighter and an overcomer, no matter what life throws at them? No matter. I tell them all the time, you know, you just have to just keep being who you are and pay attention to your surroundings and and just keep God first. The moral of it, I just tell them to keep God first and just, just move forward with life. I love that. Just move forward because sometimes you, well, you can't go back and change the past. That's impossible but you can learn from it you can heal from it and you can move forward which is exactly what you did uh, Tanisha so again your your book my pain is my power can be located on your website as well as where else on uh, Amazon and Barnes and Noble Alrighty, girl. Well, yeah, I know you've inspired a lot of folks today. You've inspired myself. You're des- definitely a survivor. If I could, I'd high five and give you a big hug. And if you're ever in the area, stop by and see us, okay? I sure will. Thank you so much. All righty. You guys stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is all we really got. Never fails. Never leaves. Faith, open love, and the greatest of these is love people, love people. We all need love people. Underneath the surface, everybody's the same. Everything that could divide us. Beat. 
positive and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. We are on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, even YouTube. You can now watch Super Talk TV live on C Spire TV. If you got C Spire TV, you can also find us on Channel 70 right next to the Brrr Weather Channel. Here we go again. It's like the fourth winter we've had this year. But welcome to Mississippi. And welcome to the fact that it's Friday the 13th. Some of you find it spooky. Some of you are like, ugh, roll your eyes. <laughs> I don't know, but the world seems obsessed with it. And I read where it only happened happens about three, maybe four times in a calendar year. It really just depends on how the calendar sort of falls that year. And in tradition, it makes people a little bit more careful. You may avoid things that you usually aren't afraid of to do. Like today might not be the day you would book a skydiving trip. I don't know, you know things like that. And experts also think that people skip work on Friday the 13th and that businesses in the United States lose hundreds of millions of dollars due to sort of just the anxiousness or the what-ifs around Friday the 13th. I found it cool, though, in other countries, Friday the 13th isn't necessarily unlucky. In Spain, it's Tuesday the 13th, which doesn't roll off the tongue the same way. It is considered the day to dread, so there's something (laughs) to give. And in Italy, people fear the 17th day of any month because the Roman numeral would be X, a V, and then I guess I-I or whatever, would be 17. It can be rearranged to spell V-I-X-I, which means my life is over. So they thought real deep into that in Latin. And it spells that in Latin or whatever. But here in the United States, no one can prove that more terrible things occur on those days than any other day. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. It's got a whole lot of hype, not a whole lot of statistical backing. Right. So for like... I've sure I've shared this before. It's a lucky day or I don't I don't know if the word lucky is necessarily the right, but 13's always been a cool number in our family. I actually met my husband on Friday the 13th. It was May the 13th. I can't remember the year now. We actually got married on October the 13th and then everybody in my family my dad is 13 years older than my mom. Yes, he got him a young one. And then my mom is 13 years older than my ste- uh, my half-brother. My half-brother's 13 years older than me. I'm 13 years older than his oldest. And then when she turned 13, I just kept my britches on because I wasn't ready. <laughs> we were married, but we weren't ready for all that. And so we broke it. We broke the chain sort of there. And it's not to the day, but it's to the year. And it just sort of fell that way, how 13 sort of fell into our our family. So I've never looked at 13 as something spooky. I want to say, gosh, it's been years since I watched this documentary, but it was about Norse mythology and how at least the person making the documentary believed they had found the origin of the unluckiness of 13. And it all came back to some banquet or feast or something in Valhalla, the, the Norse heaven for warriors and those with honor. And it was a meeting of 12 of the Norse gods for the feast. And they were the only 12 invited. But the trickster Loki, 
made popular ah. in Marvel from that side, of yeah. course. The trickster Loki showed up uninvited and pulled some hijinks, and one of the gods at the feast in Norse mythology died due to his trickster, due to, due to, his, due to his pranks. So it was an unlucky number to have at a gathering. And it's believed, at least by that documentarian, that that was the origin of the unluckiness of 13. Interesting. So I want to say the god that died was Balder, which has also been brought back up in pop culture in the recent God of War games. So someone asked, was it really actually that popular before Friday the 13th movies? I wonder, you know, I don't know that movie trivia of how Friday the 13th kind of honed in on Friday the 13th. Because it's, that's not, that's Nightmare on Elm, no. Did I get my, am I getting my movies wrong? There's Nightmare on, Nightmare on, on Elm, Elm Street, Street, which is Freddy. Freddy. And then Jason, Jason is, is Friday, Friday the 13th. 13th. Yes, I got my movies wrong. Okay, so you wonder if they just sort of created that, or if it sort of made the hype around Friday the 13th a little bit more. I tell you, when you go to Google things to try to find statistics or fun facts or all that, <laughs> the movie comes up way more than oh, the yeah. actual day does. And so, you know, and I wonder, I hadn't even looked to see, I bet there will be a lot of um, reruns or showings of Friday the 13th in the cable webs, I would think. On, gotta be. Gotta be on this day. See, I'm a Wednesday's child but born on june 13th and i love the number 13 whether it's a friday or not i think there's some people who just gravitate towards rebelling against the fact that it's unlucky i think there's some that you know like i think i feel that way i'm like no like 13 is kind of a cool number well you got to remember it's a relatively new thing to be able to fact check stuff like this instantaneously i mean when you and I were kids and we were worried about stepping on a crack or a black cat crossing our path Opening or walking an under a, or yeah any of these old wives tales or these old folklore that that had negative connotations or associations like the Bermuda Triangle these things that were mysterious and spooky and had all this this lore behind them that the vast majority is fiction but there was no way to know that unless you spent hours in a library pouring through books and now you can just Google it. Jared says, my great-great-grandfather's merchant ship went down in the Bermuda Triangle and was never found. I remember the stories from my great-grandmother when I was a kid. You know, I think, too, it's one of those, you know, pe humans want, like, a formula to life, you know, and they want something to, like, blame unfortunate things on. And so if you tell me if I just don't open my umbrella inside that I might could avoid something bad happening, then I'm just not going to chance it. Like, I'll just open the umbrella outside. And there is this weird part of your rational brain that breaks off. And even though you recognize that that probably has nothing to do with anything, but your kids will be the first because they don't know. You're not born. No, they have scared no idea. And they grab it and go to open it. And you're like, no, you can't do that. We don't open those inside. And Which like, makes me think why? And it, it, it leads into a, a theory I've kind of built up is that a lot of these old wives tales, a lot of these things that that kids fear. And then as, as we grow to adults, we realize, OK, it's not really that big a deal. They had to have started with an annoyed mom just trying to stop the whys. 
It could it very well. Like the whole idea that if you break a mirror, it's seven years bad luck. That had to have been a mom trying to keep a rambunctious son from breaking a, what was really expensive at the time mirror. Kind of like if you cross your eyes enough, it'll stick. Oh, yeah, or if you sit too close to the television, it'll hurt your eyes. eyes. Well, the mirror thing can't be true because every home renovator across America would be having a really bad string of luck for taking down all the 60s and 70s you know, and 80s sort of wall mirrors and all the things. So um, we will pass on that one. But there is something sad when a mirror breaks still. You're like, oh, man. There, I mean, again, it's like you are a rational being, but there's something irrational about some fears or just wondering, you know, it's like it's how chain letters survived for so long until they got absolutely ridiculous. But I remember, you know, they don't come around as much anymore. They come in different forms. But there was a time in email world where you would get a chain letter and your friends are forwarding them just in case. And it's like, dude, you sending this to 10 more people is not going to keep you from some traumatic event in your life. That was one of the first times where I started to question the the reality of it. And I was like, wait a second, because I got a chain letter. And I for a split second, I was like, okay, maybe I got to do this. And I thought, how would they know? In what way would they know if I just threw this in the garbage can? It's just a piece of paper with ink on it. How would they know? I don't know, but that it taps into something that's like, but I don't want to find out. It's easier for me to lick the stamp and keep it going and just play the bet that I may never win or then break it. And then, you know, who's to, th- who's to know what would sort of happen? I did not know that the first few movies of Friday the 13th was made and produced a few miles from Greenwood, Mississippi. Hmm. That's an interesting fun fact. But, you know, we all have these irrational fears. So I want to know yours, 601-879-4395, that they may not be to the point of a phobia. There's, I think, you know, there's that's the end of the spectrum. You may actually legit have a phobia. That's fine. But what are your, like, irrational fears? And I've said this one before, and I stick by it. It is there is some irrational fear that I'm going to die, like, bending over to wash my face. When you wash your face and you get the soap all over it and you go to wash it off, I think to myself, this is it. This is when they're going to come in. I'm completely distracted. And then we get taken out. It's that, I guess, a vulnerable state with soap in your eyes and water and all the things. And it goes real quick. But I wash my face super fast because I don't like not being able to see everything sort of around me. I know, it's crazy, but that's what fears are. We got more coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Worked all week, got it all done. Let's make a Tennessee River.
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget there's a ton of content from Super Talk on our new YouTube channel. Just search Super Talk Mississippi on YouTube or go to supertalk.fm slash YouTube. It is free for you to subscribe and you'll get the latest scoop on what's happening in Mississippi news, politics, sports, and of course, the good things. And today we're talking about the fun things that come up in conversation around this one day, Friday the 13th, which technically I guess we get to talk about it three times this year, maybe four. I really haven't done the math, but it doesn't happen very often that the calendar falls on, a, on the 13th of the month falls on a Friday. You say that, but if you get out to the, the 30,000 foot view uh-huh. and you look at it over the course of centuries, mm-hmm. take like 400 years of time, mm-hmm. the 13th will appear on a Friday more often than any other day of the week. Well, see, that just lends to the creepiness of the day and the number. It's only by a handful of days. But, but still. But yeah. still, a handful of days over 400 years, it's kind of crazy that Friday is the one that is going to show up on the most. It's strange that someone actually did that math, but that people get really worked up about this kind of stuff. I wanted to know your irrational fears. Mine's washing my face and not being able to defend intruders. <laughs> but Jeff at Oxford says, for me, I wonder how Friday the 13th is different from any other day. Um, well, you know, it just depends. Irrational friend, Mike from Grand Bay says, irrational fears, none the older I get. Rational fears, the older I get in certain things. I I get you. I get you, Mike. Larry and Jackson says he can't leave his hat on a bed. Some of you are superstitious, too. Ladies, if you are grown up uh, Southern, you're not supposed to put your purse on the floor because then your money's supposed to leave. You're supposed to hang it or sit it up on something. It should never be on the floor. Maybe that's why I'm broke. Maybe that's that explains so much. I don't have the right etiquette with my handbag, but I know that's that is a major one for for some people. And that's not really a fear. I think that's more of a, a superstition. Water that I cannot see, the bottom of swimming. A swimming pool all day. If I can't see the bottom, I'm not getting in. It's all jaws. When I was around 10 years old or so, in the opinion of when you step into water and you can't see it, then you're just, you're you're no longer at the top of the food, or you, I guess you become, no, you become the bottom of the food chain. Well, you I, move down the food you chain. You move down the food chain. I agree. I, I it, it, and it's, it's not really irrational. There are really good reasons why you shouldn't get into water that you can't see. You're not as good a swimmer of. as a great white. No, not at all. And these fools that jump off of things into into pretty water, you know, just just assume that it's deep enough at the bottom. I'm like, have you lost your ever living mind? I mean, just because there's a rope there doesn't mean it's as deep as it was when they put it there. I mean, someone needs to go down there and like check that. Just diving right off into the into the last blue yonder. <laughs> I was <laughs> trying to think. Makes I... no sense to me. I, I had an irrational fear of bad storms and tornadoes when I was younger, but I grew out of that. I can't think of any irrational fear that just grips me as an adult, but I still have a favorite irrational fear, if that's even possible. One that like you look back and you chuckle and you go, why was I so terrified of that? No, it's one that I've never really been afflicted with. Oh. I don't even now think you're making fun of others? I don't think it's even technically recognized by the medical field as a real one. I'm pretty sure it was made up by Farside. Mm-hmm. But it's anatodephobia, which is the belief that somewhere, somehow, a duck is watching you. Really? That's a real one? 
It's, I don't think it's a real medical one, but the, well, it's been around since the 80s. You know, ducks are, are interesting creatures. But I don't know of all the things. If you walk out and there's ducks around, there should, they, one is looking at you, especially like a goose. You're going down. You're going to run your tail off if, if they start to come after you. Wah, wah. Can't do the whole thing, the honking. The thing. But that's a goose, not really a duck. Ducks are friendly. Aren't ducks friendly? Unless you Geese, are aren't. withholding the uh, pieces of bread from them, which you're not supposed to give them. But. Which you're not supposed to. So I, that, I get something watching you could be really creepy, but a duck, of all things. A specific huh. instance of a duck somewhere, somehow watching you. You never know. Anatodephobia. Randy in Starkville. Wet dogs on the porch during a thunderstorm draw lightning. That was from his papa and grandma would say that's speaking of lightning i read where in 2010 apparently lightning struck a 13 year old boy on i guess it was friday the 13th i don't know which month it was at 13 13 i don't know coincidence i don't know october definitely gave him an icebreaker yes october 13th 2023 is the other friday the 13th this year and you know what that will be my wedding anniversary and we would have gotten well had that been on a saturday because we got married on a saturday so the friday that year 2007 was the 13th no no the 12th the 13th was on a saturday we were hoping if it would have been on a friday we probably would have done it on friday that's cool my wife it's lizards no matter how small no matter what kind she loses it there are folks that are like that. It's just something about it. See that or a bug or a spider. Now, I don't like spiders. I don't like them because they're small and they're creepy and you can't see where they're at. But I don't have like a phobia of them. I'm not going to completely lose all my Jesus unless the spider's coming at me or there's multiple spiders. But I'm not comfortable with them. I don't like, oh, there's a spider. It's like, ha! Ah! And I think the hardest to handle is if you have a, a confluence of fears. Like if you're afraid of deep open water and you're afraid of bridges and you somehow wind up on the Pontchartrain Bridge. I legit knew a guy. I can't remember a place how, but he was terrified of bridges, particularly like long ones like that. And he himself had never driven himself to New Orleans. He had been, but he has to sedate himself and take the nap and somebody else has to drive over the bridge or he would have he wouldn't have been able to handle it it would have he would have went into straight full-on panic attack because i mean there are some people they they handle their fear of bridges or water or falling off the bridge and stuff by holding their breath on the bridge but that's a terrible idea if it's like you a cannot hold bridge. your breath on the poncha train no you cannot nick and uh dumas i am with you can't have a leg or an arm hang over the edge of the bed even at 42 years old i agree it creeps me out it's not like a fear of where but if i if i wake up and i notice that i'm moving it i'm not going to start going to sleep with an appendage hanging off the bed it's weird it's it is it's that idea that something's coming out from under the bed and it's going to take you take you with it gonna grab you gonna grab you my wife is terrified of any bird you know i've got a, i've got a friend who's like Birds creep her out. Just completely, they're weird to her. I don't know if in another lifetime something bad happened with birds. I'm not sure. But she's she is very suspicious of all birds, especially any that, like, swoop down. That's a no-go. 
it's going out the window. Well, got to stay away from the mockingbird nest. That They're probably, very protective. That would probably maybe there's just maybe there is some story back that she doesn't remember. But I, I like birds. I don't see anything wrong with birds. I had a pet parakeet. I was young, overwhelming fear of vampires for some reason. I would sleep with the covers around my neck no matter how hot it was. I grew out of that. Thank God you're laughing at yourself now. But if you really think that, I mean, that's a that's what a lot of fears are. They're just irrational. I mean, some are rational. Jumping out of airplanes to me, that would be heights to me is like a rational fear. To get at some level, you've got to get like there's your lymphatic systems like this is not going to end well if you fall. Like, there's got to be something. Yeah, I wouldn't call it irrational, but because I'm not afraid of heights. I'm not terribly afraid of falling. But if I am standing in a high place and I have to look up, there is an unsettling feeling. Uh Uh-huh. Even bridges. I can go around. I mean, I can go over the Pontchartrain. I can do bridges. Not bridges that swing. Like long bridges like that, that would really, I would just be the one that braces myself real bad. You know, so when we went to Colorado. So we should never go to a swinging bridge. Absolutely never. Because I'm the kind of person that loves to make it bounce. You wouldn't come, one of us wouldn't people. come back. One of us wouldn't come back. And we, everybody told us we should do the million dollar mile, which is somewhere in Colorado, between here and Colorado, whatever it may be, which is, they like breathtaking views, air quotes, but yet you feel like you're going to literally drive off the side of a mountain. I couldn't do that just looking at the videos of folks who do the million dollar mile (sighs) why would you be in a perfectly good vehicle and then put yourself in a scenario where the perfectly good vehicle is going to go tumbling down a mountain like if i can hear the rocks we are too close we are too close i like the view of a mountain on the mountaintop I think I might would be better on foot, but something about being in the vehicle and going around those whatever at that height, it's not even really the height. I think it's the the skinniness of the the road to death. I think I would be just as scared 10 feet off the ground. <laughs> I need mama needs width in her in her lanes for her vehicle to be able to go down. I can't be the only one with that fear. All right, more good things coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Friday, Friday, I'm free again. I got my motor running for a wild weekend. It's Friday, Friday, I'm out of control. Forget the work and blues and let You can watch Good Things. We're on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. We're having a fun talking about, yep, it's Friday, but it's Friday the 13th. Some of you've got some weird fears. Some of us all kind of squint at the same things. And then, you know, there's the weirdos out there that's got some really interesting ones that Ron is finding. (laughs) I'm going to, you know, I will take away from this the idea that somewhere out there, there's a duck watching me. I'm just, everywhere I go, everywhere outside, I'm just going to assume that there's a duck in the shadows 
seeing what I'm up to. It's a secret society of ducks. ducks. I like that idea. I think that could be an entire trilogy of its own, entire, like, you know, a whole thing. Birds I would get because they can fly around. I just feel like if that was true, we would see the ducks. The, I mean, a duck in the most random place would be awkward. Because ducks usually are in certain spaces. You tie a red balloon to it, then it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, nobody has said clowns. Nobody. That is a very common fear. It is. But they're creepy, you have to admit. We do this. But how did that happen? How did it go from creepy from the beginning? But it was they were famously popular with kids. No, they weren't. A hundred plus years ago. And then somehow the the carnival shifted. Show me a clown that's not creepy. Bozo the clown. Creepy. You still wanted to play the bucket game though, didn't you? Still creepy. (laughs) (laughs) But you think about it, too, like the Easter Bunny to me is one of the most creepiestly looking creatures that we've ever created to, like, force our kids to go and enjoy and sit on their lap. Very few faux bunnies out there looks inviting. Most of them, particularly, (laughs) particularly the one from Still Magnolias that comes hopping out or whatever, terrifying. In, in do your like go back go through rummage through your family's photos find easter bunnies from the 90s and the 80s 90s back and tell me if those aren't the most terrifying things your pa- parent could put their kid on. <laughs> it's it's mortifying i mean you didn't know any better if you were a good kid you smiled cuz you thought something was coming but you look back and you're like wow that is just nightmares in the making Right there, especially in the 80s, early 90s. Those Easter bunnies are awful. Stephen Brookhaven, my friend and I used to try to convince our classmates that we were being hunted by ducks. Really? Well, I need to know the backstory. Were, were you serious? Or was it a joke? I mean, that would be a great prank because then all you got to do is you got to have that one friend that has to excuse themselves and then they get a duck call. And then they just stay out of sight and randomly. Well, I guess if you're if you're trying to think through like a conspiracy like that, then having the ability to sort of have the random dull duck call in the back would really add. I still, it's just I'm not going to look at ducks the same. They're just friendly creatures to me. They never came across as like you don't hear peeping ducks. Like it's just not the animal I would think that you would be worried. Cats now, cats. If that would have been flipped. You think that a random cat somewhere there out there just sort of watching, waiting to devour you? Because, you know, in the Bible, it talks about a roaring lion, not a roaring duck. (laughs) A scripture would have read completely different. (laughs) Uh, Poor ducks. They're getting a really bad day today. John Wayne Gacy? Yeah. That that may be the the turning point in clowns, now that you say that. I didn't even think of him. But, yeah, notorious serial killer who predated on children dressed as a clown so yeah that might might be why kids are afraid of clowns now they're creepy it is usually a grown man are there girl clowns few and far between but they exist that's only because someone feels like they had to historically speaking there were no female they're all grown men piling into a little car wearing full makeup going to play with children with big squeaky shoes. It's strange. 
But they can juggle. Larry and Jackson, I hate clowns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God! So an Easter bunny, you say, sent a picture. It's a terrifying Easter bunny. I'm Especially the whiskers. <laughs> and look at the poor kid. He's just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm yeah, take the picture. Th this is your this is your weekend home homework to go and have a little laugh. If you don't believe me, go explore the '90s and the '80s Easter Bunny, the mall Easter Bunny. Because back then, just like with Santa, you didn't have 1,500 to choose from, and there were no little photo sessions with the little real live bunnies and lambs and all the things. You got what you got, and at the Metro Center in the North Park Mall, Easter Bunny wasn't real legit. You know, he was cranky. There's a very meta way to look at it from the 601 on the ceasefire text line. There are no real clowns, only people dressed as clowns. Mm-hmm. Creepy. All right, stick with us. You got more up next. You got the boys with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here Monday at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Good things Talk Mississippi Media Production.